Oncology Systems Limited are the leading provider of radiotherapy ancillary equipment in the UK and Ireland. Serving the community for over 22 years, we pride ourselves on exceptional service and quality products. Please take a moment to visit our website www.osl.uk.com and take a look at our product lines, which include macromedics for patient immobilisation and IB dosimetry for all your radiotherapy quality assurance needs. We are more than happy to take your questions, so please do get in touch via our website or email inquiry at osl.uk.com and one of our specialist team will be available to assist you. Hi everyone, welcome to Rad Chat. We're here at UKIA in Liverpool. Uh, my name is Naaman Jill Anderson and I'm joined by co-host Joe McNamara. Hi everyone. We've got another wonderful guest today. Trevor, would you like to introduce yourself? Good morning, thank you very much. Uh, yes, my name is Trevor Arnold. I'm the uh, Regional Director of Partnerships for London and South with uh, Siemens. Uh, radiographer by background, fairly varied career, uh, no particular career plan that got me to this point. Um, and I've spent some time working in the charity sector as well. So uh, uh, quite a diverse engagement with, with healthcare. So Trevor, I've had the privilege of having dinner with you and talking about this amazing career. Can you tell us, <laughs> kind of talk us through from qualification and oh. what you've done? Because it's, it is a, what we class as a squiggly career pathway, but it is, it is pretty impressive. Uh, that's very kind of you, Joe. Um, so I'm Diploma of the College of Radiographers, and uh, as one of our uh, fellow uh, colleagues uh, described me last night, I'm there for a dinosaur. Uh, or, or, or was <laughs> that it? was not me. That was not me. <laughs> um, yes, so I qualified all oh, 1991, trained at the Ipswich School of Radiography, as was. Um, and within a few years, I somehow got myself involved in MRI. Uh, established the first MRI scanner at Princess Alexandra in Harlow, uh, which was fun. Um, they also let me on, or somebody let me on, to a, uh, an MSc course. Uh, so I did an MSc uh, in, uh, in magnetic resonance imaging. Um, and actually that proved later in my career to be a very instrumental path. Um, from MRI at Harlow, I then got involved in setting up an MRI scanner for what was listed best care at the time. Uh, it was the PFI MRI arrangement, that dirty word, but it worked for the, for the NHS at the time. Um, and uh, and Lister Best Care, of course, became Lister uh, in Health, and then in Health, as is today. Um, I actually spent 12, 13 years at In Health in various roles. Um, after that, I spent a couple of years with Nuffield, which was a lot of fun because we were given 50 million to go and rejuvenate their departments, uh, and we did fun things like commissioning the first 64 slice mobile CT in Europe uh, and then we did the second one as well um, so that was fun and then uh, I ended up back in the NHS as a divisional director of oncology and diagnostics um, so back to the coalface as it was and with a range of AHPs and nurses and consultants in, a, in what for me was a very dynamic directorate and uh, for me the time out in the private sector had enabled me to bring back to the NHS some behaviours and attitudes that for me were very important to taking that team forward. And in brief, and I'll give the three of them for me, they were sharing as much information as operationally and commercially possible, which isn't something that's generally done in the NHS. It was um, asking people what they propose instead of saying, these are the solutions. Uh, and it was about developing and leveraging the skills of the staff who were there. So 
yeah, that was an interesting time going back into the NHS with a different set of behaviours. And then obviously that then leads on to your now role. <laughs> so what is it that you do day in, day out? What does a day in life of Trevor look like? Oh, um, well, Regional Director Partnerships uh, with Siemens is... Um, it's kind of a hybrid role. Um, Siemens, I think, very forward-thinkingly recognised that they needed people with experience of, of a sort of a divisional level and senior level uh, background in the NHS to help them engage with the, the NHS at a senior level. Um, so I have two lines of engagement. My external line of engagement with the divisional and C-suite level in the NHS to obviously bring Siemens strategic engagement. And internally within Siemens, I help the different business lines to engage with each other so that we can bring a, a united value proposition to the NHS. And the, the focus for me, particularly over the last year, year and a half, I wear a hat which is CDC project lead, uh, which is obviously very relevant to UKIO at the moment. So from the moment that Sir Mike's report came out in October 2020, Siemens started looking at our value proposition to community diagnostic centres uh, and over the last year I've all that stuff that's out on the internet uh, sort of value proposition brochures and videos I've had a hand in most of it um, and I'm I'm particularly proud of the fact that uh, our voiceover for our videos is a northern female which is a little bit of a departure from normal Siemens videos, um, but it's, it's very relevant. It's been a privilege to engage with CDC and Sir Mike has been very helpful with his time. Uh, we've brought together a number of invested uh, individuals in the NHS who are looking at how to take CDC forwards and it was a very ambiguous ask at the beginning, but I'm very pleased to see not only within Siemens but generally the NHS coming together around CDC. Uh, in my own career history, I've seen community diagnostics approached on a number of occasions. Independent sector treatment, um, lift centres, Wave 2 back in 2007. There's been lots of approaches, but I, my personal view is with the integrated care systems now coming into being, and with the strategy around moving elective care into the community, there is a real opportunity to make a fundamental and beneficial change to the way we deliver care. Anyone who doesn't know, what is integrated care? What, what, what would it look like? So obviously integrated care systems, they have actually now come into effect because they came into effect on the 1st of July. Um, so having worked in the NHS, I'm going to be really honest, and I've heard even David Sloman be honest about this, for years we employed people to go into combat with each other. And having worked in an acute trust and had those engagements with CCGs, I observed it work firsthand. And it, how can one put it delicately? It wasn't the most productive of interfaces. With integrated care systems, for the first time, there is a truly statutory join-up of the whole provision of care in a locality. Uh, we, obviously, we talk about integrated care systems, place-based, even down to neighbourhood. But the integration with local authorities, with the provision of social care, bringing everybody together, getting over, hopefully, in due course, the commissioner-provider split, creates the opportunity for transformation. And with the structure of integrated care boards, integrated care partnerships, I think it defines a good way forwards, and I'm very hopeful. You mentioned as well about CDC. So 
obviously that's got a big focus around UKIO, but I'm also aware that there are some radiographers, both therapeutic and diagnostic, that may not have necessarily heard of this. So can you give us a bit of insight into what the CDC looks like? Sure. So. Um, so Mike created the vision for a community diagnostic centre, or it was community diagnostic hub, as was, and then it's been changed, but it's essentially the same thing. And he articulated that in his report, Diagnostics uh, Recovery and Renewal, which was October 2020. That was due to come out earlier, but it was delayed by COVID and the desire to integrate community diagnostics. So effectively, a community diagnostic centre, and NHS England has envisaged up to about 165 of these, is uh, based in the community, it takes full elective pathways and it takes pressure off acute services which are obviously struggling to deliver urgent and emergency care. So full pathways might be, well they are, cancer, respiratory, cardiac, but also additional pathways which are relevant to the local population as well. Uh, You will see some key diagnostics in there, uh, CT, MRI, point of care, which is often forgotten, but is a very important uh, part of diagnostics, delivering uh, pathology tests locally, uh, so you can get all of this diagnosis done in one day. The idea is, it's a one-stop shop, but it also contains physiological measurements, so things like uh, spirometry. Um, It's a full assessment, and the larger CDCs, and we've been talking to NHS England about this recently, will have consultation facilities, and some of them may well even be integrated with surgical hubs. Uh, and it may even be that you bring in things like mammography now as well, where it's sensible to co-locate them. But in essence, elective pathways in the community, one-stop shops. How's that going to impact patients? So if we've got patients listening, what, you know, this sounds really exciting. What are they, what can they I think we've already got a preview into this with the Total Lung Health Check Programme, which uh, Simon Stevens, Sir Simon Stevens, very kindly got behind a couple of years ago. It's been delayed somewhat by COVID, but the first wave is already out there. Uh, so this is uh, trailers with CT scanners, ultra low dose CT scanners, and Siemens have got a fantastic ultra low dose <laughs> CT scanner. Um, and we are in, we actually were in partnership with Cobalt in various places around the country delivering total lung health check now. Now for many patients that means that they've come forward to have that check for lung cancer whereas they might not have wanted to go into hospital to do that. This is in a a non-threatening community setting and already we've seen a lot of early diagnosed cancers and obviously lung cancer traditionally stage three, stage four, kind of forget it, early stage you can progress to treatment. So that's a very beneficial Uh, effect in the uh, screening of lung cancer and that has already happened. CDC takes that to a bigger scale. I have to ask, you might not have the answer to this, but are there enough people to actually be working in the CDC centres? Oh dear, you've asked the workforce (laughs) question. Um, So the answer is... (laughs) (laughs) You have asked what I think is the biggest problem for the NHS uh, at this time. Obviously I have an insight into radiography and radiology and a number of the AHP professions, but this is universal across. So the answer is obviously we're, we're mad scrambling to recruit from overseas as we have done on several occasions. Other angles to this are um, artificial intelligence. I do believe that we have to have realistic expectations about artificial intelligence because it's not going to be the replacement for radiologists, it's an adjunct to radiologists, um, but 
it is an enabler and one that we need to appropriately engage with, but also get proper governance around it. Um, yeah, I could plug Siemens there, but I, I, I won't, I'll be really good. Uh, but we've got great AI, and we've got huge learning sets as well, which means it's very stable AI. Um, the other avenue, certainly, and Siemens are involved in this, but we're not the only ones, is about um, technology that allows remote access to scanners. And this particularly applies to uh, CDCs. So we have technology, as I say, as others do as well, uh, whereby we call it single virtual cockpit, whereby um, a specialist radiographer or a more senior radiographer can sit somewhere in a COVID safe environment with a few screens and they can drive MRs and CTs in localities within the local geography. Uh, they can oversee, supervise, uh, they can literally run the scanners. So this is a way to optimize the workforce that you've already got. But I have to be honest and say, even with AI and these remote access solutions, we still need a fundamental improvement to strategy around the training of radiographers and radiologists and indeed the broader professions. Uh, well, thank you so much, Trevor, for coming on. It's been a pleasure and really insightful for two therapeutic radiographers to learn more about what's happening in diagnostics. So thank you so very much. Joe, thank you very much. <laughs>